Coming up, the KF console, technology glasses, karaoke, and the Three Stooges. All that and more on For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot, issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You're listening now to For or Against So turn the volume up, this is For or Against Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. While 2020 may have been a nightmare of epic proportions, it did usher in this podcast where I have been fortunate enough to rekindle some of my dearest friendships. So for that, I am personally thankful. My hope is that this show will continue through 2021 and beyond. I, for one, have been having a blast. My name is Mike McFadden and joining me today are Michael Winan, Patrick Lothian, and Robbie Silver. Happy New Year's, gents. Hello. Happy New Year, That's Mike. Really not, I like the positive outlook you had on 2020, despite all the garbage involved. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. We, we need to find a uh, we need to find the silver lining wherever possible, and uh, that that was my silver lining. Heartstrings. Before pulled. we. Oh. Okay, thank you. Before we hear uh, from each of you, I am pleased to introduce a teaser uh, for another podcast from a friend of the show, Jem Swallow, that we think you all should check out. She is doing the same for us on her show this week, Corky Gems Podcast. Without further ado, here's Jem Swallow. Quirky Gems Podcast is a lifestyle podcast where I talk about conversation, current events, and curiosities. Join me, Gems Follow, Thursdays here at Quirky Gems Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. Thank Woo! you, Gem. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, I really love her accent, and I'm sure that she really loves our accent. So there you go. Yes. Win win. Thank you, Gem. Uh, check out Quirky Gems Podcast for your podcast listening. Subscribe today. Okay, gentlemen, last week we debated um, and we were all for New Year's resolutions. Um, so this week I thought uh, that we could go around and share our personal resolutions since, as Robbie put it, we are in the top 1% of people who can actually accomplish a resolution. What a dick thing to say, Robbie. Next year, we will <laughs> check in and see if any of us could stick to our goals. So Robbie, since you believe you are a gift from God, we will start with you. Mike Winan wrote this copy. I did not do that at all. I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) I never said that I was in the top 1%. I said you, Mike, and Patrick were in the top 1%. So (laughs) you're the dick. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Pat's the dick. <laughs> yeah, we, all agree Just to the be, dick. we can all agree. All right. So, so Robbie, do you have a New Year's resolution uh, yeah, for 2021? I, I actually said it on the last episode, but I'll reiterate it. So a year ago, I started specifically trying to meditate more, work out more, and consume less news. I was doing a really good job from late December until early March of 2020 when the world started turning upside down. And then all those things went out the window. Uh, but I'm going to aim to do those things again. So I'm going to meditate. Dust it off and just try again. I yeah, because I, I, I was having success with it. So I knew that it, I was on the right track. And then circumstances that were out of my control took my resolution resolutions away from me. So what happened? <laughs> you know, Pat. Uh, okay, well, all right. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, Michael, how about you? Your New Year's resolution for 2021? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, not so much a resolution, but it is, uh, Mike, uh, in my view, something I came up with. It's a system, something kind of uh, what you talked about. And, and less of a of an active, I must do certain things. 
uh, every day and more of a reflective process. So I am committing to myself for at least the, the first uh, part of the year uh, to spend some time every evening reflecting on the day and identifying uh, things that I've done that have been productive for me, either physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, uh, professionally, or creatively. And if I can find one thing that fit one of those categories, then that day was a success. And rather than just resting on those laurels, I've done this before, I, I find myself wanting to do more of those things. And, and during in the day, and be like, oh, this is the thing I'm going to be reflecting on later. Um, and it actually snowballs and, and, and works for me. So spending some time at the end of the, end of the day to reflect on the day, what was positive about it, keep a positive outlook, be a bit more grateful about the good things that are happening um, rather than thinking too, too far forward about the, the things that might be problems in the future. Um, it's been really positive for me. I used it to lose about 10 pounds uh, in 2018. Hopefully I can lose the COVID 10 this time. Uh, so, uh, so, so Mike, yeah, we'll will, you be, will you be writing this down or is it a reflective, like you're just going to find a time where you'll just sit with your thoughts? Uh, how this looks in practice. I, this time around, I do plan to write it down. I got a, a, a nice, cool new uh, journal for it. And it's just going to be one sentence, if that, of things that are positive. And even if there was something, if, if the day happens where it was a bad day, work sucked, I, I yelled at my wife as a result, and I was just, it was a <gasps> bad day. You would Ooh. never do that. <laughs> I No, I don't. But um, then... Uh, then that was that day wasn't a success, which is also but, okay. Yeah, maybe there's something to be thankful for even in those bad days. Exactly. All right, uh, I'm going to move on to me. Uh, last week, I talked about how I'm interested in also figuring out a system that I can employ uh, long term, like for the next 30 years or so, uh, to get into a better routine regarding fitness. And so I think what I'm going to do is um, I, I found an app called Seven, and it, essentially what it is is it's seven-minute circuits that are all body weight exercises, and um, I've done four of them. And so what I'm going to try to do is do two circuits um, every day. However, I'm not going to punish myself if I miss a day. So I'm going to employ um, a trick that I learned from a YouTuber named Matt Diavella, who probably learned it from somebody else called the two day rule, where you're allowed to miss one day, you just can't miss two days in a row. So if something comes up, like yesterday was sort of a chaotic day, I didn't get to the, the circuit, um, to the two circuits. Um, so as long as I do it today, I'm still on track. So on average, that would be, you know, even if I went every other day, I, that would still be fine, according to the two day rule. Um, that would average three and a half times a week, which would be 182 workouts a year. I'm um, 182 workouts times about 15 minutes for the two seven minute um, workouts with a little bit of rest time in between would mean that I would be in way better condition than if I did none of that at all. Yep. And so I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to remember that better is the enemy of good and set the, the bar low. But I think that, you know, there's no excuse, like there's no gym, there's no equipment. I can do this anywhere. And then I also... Um, I've done this four times so far, sort of like gearing up for the new year to sort of test it out to see if this will work. And I realized that like, I oftentimes think if I'm going to work out, I have to be like drenched in sweat or else it like wasn't good. But after those four days of trying these two circuits, I didn't really break much of a sweat. You know, I got a little bit warm, but wasn't certainly wasn't dripping sweat. It was enough where like I could probably go to work without having showered and people wouldn't really notice, but I was like really sore. And so I think that this is the right combination of techniques. And Balance. so 
Uh, I think uh, 182 days is sort of like the objective criteria of doing two circa circuits each day, but hopefully I'll do more. What, what happens if you go that second day and don't work out? Like, do you feel like you failed your whole resolution? So if that happens, I'm going to, because by the way, like you're great, but it's going to happen at some point, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, so if that happens, I'm not going to consider, um, my, I'm not going to consider like, oh, I, I failed. Because again, this is about systematically putting into place something that I can do on an ongoing basis. I should be able to find 15 minutes in a day to do some sort of exercise. And the two-day rule is more, again, it's more like a framework to how to think about this. And so I will mentally, if I miss one day, be like, oh, got to get it in, got to get it in tomorrow. And then if I go two days, then I don't know. I say <laughs> t- if you do two happen. days, you have to buy a hundred dollars worth of four against swag. Yes. <laughs> there needs to be some sort of Filling punishment. Our own coffers, I do like yeah. the idea of uh, like a, a negative punishment that involves <laughs> me doing something I really don't want to do if, but I don't know. We can revisit that a little bit later. <laughs> Pat, what is your resolution? Um, so before I go into mine, um, I was thinking about, as we were talking about how difficult it is to keep resolutions and it had reminded me of a book that I read called the willpower, um, instinct. And there have been a lot of scientific studies that show that your willpower, you only have a certain amount of willpower each day. So for me, none. Yeah. So like, if you're like, I'm going to get into shape and then you have salad at lunch and then you walk up the stairs instead of using the elevator. Um, and then you work out right after work when you go home and there's cake sitting on the counter, you might have no willpower left and you'll eat that cake. Um, so it's really interesting in like that you could actually build that muscle to get more willpower, but then also it was talking about turning things that take willpower into habits So if like Mike, if you create a habit of doing these seven minute workouts, then at some point you no longer have to use willpower for that because it's just something that's obviously part of your day and it's not a decision you're making. You're just doing it. I'm trying to build that into into like the first thing I do in the morning. So the four Mm -hmm. days that I worked, I did it between like 630 and seven before the rest of the house was awake. Uh So my goal is to make it like just what I do, not something that I have to give thought to. But Pat, that also reminded me on the willpower topic. I've done a little bit of reading in this area. Um, environmental design is really important too. So if you have trouble like not eating, you know, like a whole sleeve of Oreo cookies, instead of like working on your willpower to not eat those, just like stop buying Oreo cookies. Yes. <laughs> so building your environment, I think is also really important for, um, you know, meeting and reaching New Year's resolutions. All right, I like back it. to you. What was your resolution? Um, so I have a dual one. Uh, the first one is the um, Skillshare thing that I am doing. If you are a teacher, you can send uh, a link to people that gives them two months free of the platform rather than two weeks free. So my goal is in the first two months of the year to have a hundred people have signed up through my link. So that way I can see if that's a big enough group that if I get a hundred people, how many people actually watch my thing. And if that percentage watches my thing, how much money is made from those people. So I could see if it's even worth kind of going down this road of making more classes and teaching different things. Cause if I make $7 from getting a hundred people to sign up, probably not worth my time. Um, the second one 
kind of goes with, I can't remember which one you were talking about it. Oh no, wine. And you were just talking about it, how you kind of reflect at the end of the day. Um, I have a, uh, like a, on your desk, like weekly calendar that at, at during certain times, I like to fill in what I want to accomplish throughout the week. And then on Friday, I have a time every week where I reflect to see what I've done well and not well to adjust in the future weeks. I have never once done that Friday activity, (laughs) even though it's on my calendar every week. So my goal is for at least January is every Monday to fill out the calendar and every Friday to reflect on it. And then I will see if that is a useful tool going forward. So those are mine. I love it. I like Uh, the the one or two month strategy that Pat has. Like, let's just test this out and then see if it's worth still doing later (laughs) in the year. I concur. (laughs) (laughs) We will revisit this um, uh, in, I don't know, about a year from today and and see how we did. By the way, another resolution is let's still keep doing the podcast for another 52 weeks. And then we'll be able to revisit this. Well, here's something that our listeners, you know, sometimes they like the behind the scenes. I think the way that we have structured this is to do the amount that is going to keep us interested and engaged. We had a, a little business meeting yesterday uh, evening, and uh, the, the question that I asked everybody, Pat wasn't there, but I asked Robbie. We, we can was, ask Pat now too. Yeah, we can ask Pat now. So the, the question was, hey, do you still like doing this? Because if we don't, like, we're going to stop doing it. Like, and, and Robbie still like doing it. Michael still like doing it. I still like doing it. Patrick, do you still like doing this? Or do we need to find um, a new permanent member <laughs> to replace you? I love doing it. I uh, really enjoy hanging out. For like you guys, it might not have been as big of a deal because you have workplaces to go into. But for five (laughs) years, I've been working in my own room with my dogs. So it's been very nice to be around some of my favorite people once a week. I love that. Even me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right now it's time to play for against one of us will present a topic the rest of us will analyze discuss and argue about it and then we'll decide if we are for or against that topic this week michael winan is going to kick things off for us with a familiar theme michael what do you have for us yeah yeah this one was sent in by uh, all six of our listeners i think uh sent in to me uh as something that we need to discuss Uh, a couple weeks ago i think we we discussed kfc's fourier into pronouncing that correctly foray the foray into uh into the, the the lifetime movie sector uh and they created a movie uh with uh mario lopez uh playing colonel sanders uh in a movie we were all for that i believe uh and uh and but the the marketing team at kfc are are still hard at work they have now gotten into the console wars between xbox and ps5 with their own entry called the kf console yes this is a video game console created by the fried chicken company (laughs) kfc uh the uh major features that they have in there is that uh it has a warming compartment for your chicken uh where you can uh, put uh, your your fried chicken in there and keep it warm and eat it on the go as you game. Uh, people thought this was a joke at first. Uh, it came out actually a few months ago, but they continue to release teasers about it. Um, so it they're, they're claiming, according to their press releases, that they are 100% serious that they will be making a console. No word on what kind of games it will play, uh, the level of specs, although they do say the game will run top-level specs. 
Um, I'm interested to hear, is this a bridge too far for KFC? Are they uh, diversifying their portfolio uh, in an area where Yum Brands doesn't belong? I want to hear first from uh, our dear leader, Mike McFadden. So yeah, I, I dove a little deeper into this and in the article that you have, it didn't release any specs and it didn't really talk about what the games were. This is basically a PC gaming rig as a console. So that was my big question too, because it reminded me of uh, your uh, topic of worst gift you ever received, which was the <laughs> Sega Saturn, yeah. uh, which they stopped making games to for. myself, which you gifted to yourself, right? You, you asked for it. It was your bad decision. Um, so like, I was, is this going to be Sega Saturn all over again? <laughs> like, because it does actually have good specs. Um, I think it's 4k. I think it's at least 60 FPS, which I don't know if that's like the, the best for gaming. Pat might know more about that, but like, it seems like a legit, like system and it can play PC games. Um, but again, it plugs into your TV. And so I guess it's a little bit different in that regard. Um, I, I think I'm for this. Like I'm not a big gamer myself, but this might be the thing <laughs> that, that could get me there is the novelty of a uh, gaming console that looks like a, it, it does resemble the chicken bucket that that comes from KFC in shape. Now it's a little bit sexier in design. It's like black and red and it's got cool glowing like um, I don't know, embers almost. Um, I, th- I like it. I- I'm not going to buy it, but I'm for it. I want one of you to buy it and I want to go and see it. I want to warm my chicken in it and I want to play games. Um, I'm also reminded just as a throwback to like 2010, 2011, when we were doing this as a YouTube show, KFC made its way into that show as well when uh, John uh, T-Box Thibodeau and I um, ate the KFC Double Down, which was a sandwich made of fried chicken breasts. (laughs) Um, So I I hope uh, in the year to come that we continue to explore other fun things that KFC are doing. I'm for this. Uh, even though I'm not a gamer, uh, I think it's fun. Why the hell not? Mike, we'll find some kind of culture, creative enjoyment and endeavor, endeavor that humans enjoy that you too enjoy. So far, music, <laughs> gaming, sports are not it. We'll well, find a thinking, human activity was, for you. I was thinking about that because Robbie pointed out that like I quote unquote don't like music uh, or watching sports, but I like to play music and like to play sports. I also like to make video games, but I don't like to play video <laughs> games. So this is true. There's something's broken. Something's broken about me, but can I ask uh is this so my rap well, for anyone, is this actually real, McFadden? It's real, but yeah, I think it's. I think no, it's I know real. the headlines on these articles say <clears throat> say KFC actually re- like announced the release, and it turns out that it is real. But is it still actually real, or is it still just part of the press? I think story? the concern might be my one of my thoughts. If I is that I'm worried that they may make like one thousand of them and have it be like an exclusive thing that's sold out before it even Why would out. they make more than that? It's I, a marketing. Because it's a marketing thing. Yeah, like you guys remember Taco Bell had the Taco Bell Hotel that they had for a couple weekends in uh, Palm Springs where you, it was all Taco Bell themed and free Taco Bell there the whole time. But like you couldn't no, actually go there because this. everyone everyone who, like it was the marketing company and the marketing company's friends. And so yes, there was a hotel, but it's not like they were actually, you could actually get, the reservation i'm worried that this is a similar thing where there and could only be like 1000 of them and then mcfadden from your research when you piece. say this plays pc games so what does that mean though because there are a lot of pc games i think so i, I think, think it probably runs on linux can... i would guess well 
I mean, if it's a PC game, then that usually runs on Windows. Very well, increasingly more games run on Linux than than just PC. But Cooler Master is the the uh, PC manufacturer that's in like the hardware gaming sector, and so they have mm-hmm. partnered with KFC. So the, the it's not like they took their lead chef at KFC and like <laughs> figure it we out. We need you this. to. We got a side project okay, for so, you. But, so having said that, but having said that, we don't really know what type of games this even would not yet no. run. And also, well, I have a theory. I mean, no, I feel like I've answered the question. <laughs> PC games. Like, yeah. No, no, I know, but Pat, like, are Pat, they? Can you chime in and tell us what's an example of a PC game? Yeah. Well, I would assume because there are basically PCs that are created to live in your living room and connect to your TV that are smaller and just for gaming, which seems to be if they're partners with partnering with one of them to do that, usually runs something like Steam, which you could basically play any game that's available on the internet through that. Okay, yeah, so this yeah. is what I want to know. Would Is this console going to play proprietary games created by KFC or will just doubt, play any no. games that already exist I think in the world? Would, they we do know games. for a fact that the KFC brand has entered that creating games if we if we remember that the dear game i love you colonel sanders <laughs> mm-hmm. the japanese dating sim which they created which is on steam ago, which is on steam so <laughs> yeah so they, they've been this in this is, space before i think this is basically just going to be a, a a specific use computer that they're right. calling a game console and it's not like they're trying to actually compete with xbox and in sony playstation because you know, people buy Xboxes or Sony Playstations because there are proprietary games to those platforms. Though there are also a lot of uh, cross-platform games. It's like you can play some games on um, uh, an Xbox or a Sony Playstation um, or a PC. And so I think they're making it for, I don't know if it's going to be Steam running on the KF console or if it's going to be like, I don't know, do games still come on discs? Like, can you buy an optical drive disc? I doubt that they'll do that. So I'm. Lo- I, I just actually looked up because I remember it was Steam that came out with these Steam gaming PCs, and it is a Linux-based operating system okay. just for playing PC games. Yeah, I'm not a dumbo. All right, well, <laughs> I am. Rob, what do you think? Well, well here we are. <laughs> well, yeah. So I before we started, I was convinced that this was not a real thing. That this was just a marketing press ploy. I. It's still a marketing thing. But it does seem real. Like you guys have convinced me that it's real, and but I also think that like Wine and said it will probably be like a thousand of these will be made just to say that they made them and sold them or gave them away, and that will just be for the marketing purposes. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm against this. I'm not a gamer either, so I'm double against this. It's just there's so no... fun though. <laughs> Is it fun? Like I would rather. Yeah. I would actually rather just have the Steam or like the Linux thing to run games without it being a kfc console those also I mean, exist <laughs> what, what'd you say yeah, those, those exist, exist. so you, you're against the kfc version of it yes so i get that exactly all right all right patrick the gamer of the lot what do we think is this your next console um so i don't <laughs> i don't get it what they're doing like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the one thing I will say I like is their use of using the heat that the machine is making for a purpose, which they use to heat up your chicken. I do like that. But other than that, like these machines don't do that great. Like there's a ton of these and usually they're expensive. Like here's one 
from a big manufacturer that's $800. There's one here that's $1,200. So how much is this going to cost? Because usually they're more than councils because councils that just came out that are of these specs are like $500 and they're sold as a loss leader so that they could sell games. But KFC isn't selling games. They're just selling this council. So it's not like that part is going to make them money. I thought it was more interesting as a marketing thing. And even saying like what Robbie was saying is, oh no, it's really coming out, but then not ever coming out. You get more like marketing off of that. The only thing that I could think that would have been, I would have actually been into is if they hooked up with like Sega or something like that and came out right now, it's really big to come out with like, uh, just a smaller Nintendo, like original Nintendo that has like 20 Nintendo games on it. And you could play that. So if they had like 20 Sega games, but it was in like a KFC box, that's kind of funny. And then I could see it being $200 and people actually buying that. But if this thing is like $500 minimum and is from KFC, like it just, I, do, I am very against, I don't see, get Pat, it. Pat, you're thinking about this wrong. This is potentially a loss leader because it warms your chicken. And <laughs> it's like games that you eat. And so like you have to keep buying more chicken. You're gonna your frequency of chicken purchase is gonna be way greater than your you know consumption of games. That's the other thing. I guarantee you that almost all of these consoles will heat a total of zero chicken in their <laughs> lifetime. Nobody is buying this and not heating the yeah, chicken. Yeah, I agree with that. Who buys this? <laughs> okay, fine. They'll, so heat they a total, not use they'll heat a total of one chicken and then be like, okay, I did it. Moving on. Yeah, that's he, probably true. <laughs> this is a new problem that we've we've uncovered is that is fried chicken, I think this is going to have to be exclusively for, for uh, one-person games because fried chicken, there's a grease issue mm. that I don't think the scientists have figured out. Fried chicken <laughs> is not the gaming food if you're going to be playing competitive uh, PVP games, man. Uh, yeah. You're going to be slipping and sliding all over the place. So is, is the, the console dishwasher safe? Do we know that? <laughs> I doubt it very much. <laughs> right, Mike, so what about you? Uh, what fuck it. I'm for it. It's fun. It's the same <laughs> thing that we said with the with the thing. Why not? Uh, I know there's only a thousand of them that will ever be made. I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's, it's not going to be in wide release. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it is absolutely a marketing ploy, but it's it's uh, 21st century marketing, right? Right, like it's it's talking about you know cultural touchstones of these games being released and being part of the conversation when you can't just say, "Hey, buy our chicken; it's better than everybody else's," because they've been doing that for 80 years. So, I like it. I'm on board with it. Why not? Let's see if they actually make this thing. <laughs> It'd be pretty interesting. I well, I agree with that, but then why? also actually make it like the actual making it i don't <laughs> think we'll get more people no especially if it's released on april 1st or something like that and then it's like you idiots really thought we were going to come out with a council sure. like i think they, uh, they have an out i like the i like the sincerity okay. I, I have one i have one more point that i'd like to make but i need to save it until a little bit later in the show and that will become evident a little bit later uh, so i think two fours two against let's move on now to patrick patrick what is your topic for us so my topic, it, all of the, all of our topics kind of come from past shows or people telling us what it's to do. It's a reflective period of time, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new year. <laughs> so mine is technology glasses. And there's a lot of different technology glasses. Maybe they have a speaker in the ear holder so you can hear them. Maybe they have AR so you can see where you're supposed to walk down the street. 
or um, there's one from Snapchat that just has cameras on it so you can record your life. And apparently Facebook is coming out with technology glasses, but they, it like by the press release, it sounded like they weren't even sure what they were going to do yet. <laughs> they were like, we don't think it'll be AR, but they'll have some technology in them. We'll, we'll see. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so it's the idea of putting some kind of technology in glasses with actual like lenses. So they're replacing your lenses or replacing your actual glasses with some sort of technology. What do you guys think about this? Since Wynan, you are the only other one wearing glasses right now. I'm going to start with you. Uh, it reminds me of my days in seventh grade when I would come home from school and I would watch Dragon Ball Z and Vegeta had that those glasses that would like register people's power levels. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was really cool back then. I really did think that when Google tried this a few years ago, we all collectively as a, as a society agreed that, uh, that uh, technology glasses were not going to be a thing, but looking at it, you know, maybe that the, uh, the technology just wasn't there in 2015 or whatever. And mm-hmm. now they also, they, they made like these Awful. futuristic, like they didn't yeah. look like glasses, like exactly. you couldn't not look like a dude. An idiot. Yeah. So yes. like, if it's actually a thing where, as a glasses wearing American, uh, when I'm not wearing contacts, <laughs> if they could actually give me like pop out my prescription glasses and then put in prescription lenses that would give me like a heads up display, like that somebody's texting me or directions, I would be on board with that. I yeah, really would. Google uh, needed a partner with Warby Parker instead of trying to design it themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, yeah. like that would have been way better. Mm-hmm. But I think this, I think. Like the, but it's still not there. I don't know. I'm looking at some of these ones that that uh, we've we've been discussed on our outline here. Uh, they're still really thick and really mm. wide, and some of them have strap around the head. Like it's we're still a few years away from where you get Mike Wyden as a buyer. But I am <laughs> uh, I am intrigued. So and for that I am for. Okay, how about you, Robbie? Yeah, I'm. I thought that Google Glasses were no longer a thing. I thought that they weren't a thing. And I thought that like wine is that the world just rejected this premise, but I like the idea. And I feel like if the technology gets better, it could be awesome. Like the, the commercials or the, you know, the videos they show online show like doctors with patient history in their field of view while they're working on a patient like that in theory sounds really cool and actually beneficial um but the technology's not there yet but but i'm definitely for it i'm for the idea of technology glasses and if there's technology that works i will and and if they look cool enough like warby parker glasses then i will wear them but i think this is a stepping stone to what mike mcfadden is going to love one day which is Neuralink, which is elon musk's one of his many companies and I won't go into too many details. I don't know if McFadden wants to talk about it all, but Neuralink is basically the idea that in the future we'll be able to have circuitry ingrained in our brains that basically allow us to connect to the internet and everything without wearing anything. We won't need to look at our phone. We won't need to wear glasses. We will we'll just all be have able the sum to... of all world's knowledge. Essentially, yes, we will. It will re- reduce the bottleneck of our communication bandwidth that is uh, currently human communication. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and, and hearing, <laughs> and that that's probably a bigger topic for another day. But it's it basically gives you the ability to, if you want to know anything, you just think about it and you know that thing because you're essentially looking it up on the internet, but only in your brain, and you can see it in your field of view because you're 
your field of your, your eyeballs are connected to circuitry in your brain. So you could visually see things without even wearing anything or looking at a physical thing in front of you. So I think that is going to be incredible. I don't That's know. That's that 25 will, years away. Yeah. At least. At, well, at least I don't know if that will happen in a significant way in our lifetimes because the brain is such an incredibly complicated thing that we know almost nothing about. Maybe your brain. <laughs> or that just means that you're dumb, Pat. <laughs> Do you, you realize that in something you just made? It's a total cell phone. <laughs> Very much for this, though. The technology glasses and then Neuralink one day. Yeah. So, Robbie, you were pretty shocked that Google is still doing their glass thing. And they seem to have transitioned away from consumer and to business, which I think what they do makes a lot more sense. And it doesn't really matter that it doesn't look great because if you're it doing- it looks like equipment. Yes, exactly. You for your job. Yeah. The enterprise um, solution makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think you're right. Um, and Microsoft, I didn't include theirs. Um, they have AR goggles that are the most advanced, but it looks like a VR goggles that you're wearing. So you wouldn't walk around with them. It actually connects by cord to a computer and it's like full on AR. Like you can make things appear in your room, like a building, you can make it so the wall falls apart and stuff like that. But they're, they're also towards developers. Um, they had like cool things eventually where a consumer could have it. And then if they have like a plumbing issue, you're looking at the plum, the plumbers like in your glasses and they can see what you're looking at. And then they draw like on the plumbing, like what it is that you're supposed to be doing. So that kind of thing's cool. But I think we're way away from that for the glasses that actually look like glasses. Like those, if they're doing any AR, it's like, I'm going to put data on the glasses, but it's not putting it in your real world. It's just kind of like a screen on your glasses. Yeah, like a um, heads-up display, which I actually yeah. would would find useful. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's interesting. When I first looked at these, I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. But then I realized I wear my glasses all the time. And when I do something like clean the dishes, I need my headphones because I like to listen to a podcast. Sometimes I can't ha find my headphones. My headphones, the cord will get caught in the dishwasher when it opens and fly out of my ears. So the idea of just being able to play podcasts or music anytime I want while I'm just walking around in what I'm already wearing is pretty awesome, but you are right whining that they're just still very big and bulky. So I think eventually they'll figure out a nice sleek look and that you could maybe have a whole line with Warby Parker. So it's not just one look. They, they just put implant their thing into different glasses. I think could be really cool. So overall, I think I'm four, um, but it still might be a few years before I'm looking at one to buy myself. So I get to go. No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think I agree with everybody in terms of like it, the technology isn't there yet. And when it is here, I'll be for them. I would like them to take uh, one of the companies to take the approach that Pebble Watch did, which was a smart watch that used e-ink technology, mm. which had like, you know, a 10 day battery life. And this was maybe five to 10 years before like the Apple watch and all of like the quote unquote smart watches. And so like they took this technology that existed, like how far can we take this thing that does work and, and push it to the max? And so like, you know, it was obviously a watch, um, but like it could connect to your phone with Bluetooth. And so like you could read your text and like it, it wasn't as good as the Apple watch, but it was as good as it could be. So I, I'd, I'd love if a company was like, with what we can do right now, like how much functionality can we add into 
like a regular pair of like glasses that don't look like you work um, at Google. <laughs> um, but nobody's doing that. And so I think right now I'm against these because nobody's wearing these in their regular life. And so because it, it, it's not ready yet, I'm going to say that I am against. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Four Against is brought to you by our very own merch store. That's right. We have merch. Visit fouragainstpod.com slash shop to check out our spirited apparel and home goods. We've partnered with on-demand printing and fulfillment company, printful.com. So that means any idea we have for a product can quickly be uploaded to our store, processed by them, and purchased by you. Take 75% off our featured product, the Al Courant Tea, by using coupon code COOP, there it is, at checkout. That's C-O-U-P-T-H-E-R-E-I-T-I-S for 75% off our featured product of the week. Wait, wait, at- 75% off? That sounds amazing. It is an it's amazing great deal. deal. <laughs> Check Can it I out. speak about the Alcarant tea? Yeah, please for a do. Moment? The Alcarant tea is not so much a piece of clothing as it is a statement as to who you are and who we want the world to be. It's extremely limited edition, created by myself, Robert Silver, and Michael James McFadden. And not Patrick Cameron. <laughs> not this one meticulous detail to not only fashion but design and really filled with hope and confidence with what the world will become wearing an okran tee not only uh says something about uh, us as a podcast but about yourself Mm -hmm. so ask yourself do you feel bold enough confident enough dare i say brave enough to wear the okran tee think about it and I, I think the listeners of our podcast would really fit that mold of the people who are bold enough for such a tea. And so 75% off for you, the listener, I don't see how you could not jump to the store right now and get yourself one of these. So previously I said that I had one more point to make about the KF console. And here it is, is <laughs> KFC had the opportunity to do a joke and make uh, make a press release that they are coming out with a gaming console as a Kentucky Fried Chicken you know, company, but they're actually doing it. And that's exactly what we're doing with our merch shop. This sounds like a joke, but it is actually real. You can go, you can buy everything that we're doing. We're taking it to the next level by executing upon the humor that is inherent in the thing that we are doing, having fun with it, but actually seeing it through. As part of this promotion, I'd like to hear a merch idea from each of you, starting with Robbie, then Patrick, then Michael. What I like this. So we're kind of like be on our show we're here. workshopping more yeah. merch ideas, which is good. Again, pull back the curtain, show the audience how we uh, build this empire of a business. Um, <laughs> we haven't really discussed jock straps yet, and I think uh, I know it's a bit more niche. How do you mute like- somebody? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. For the athletes in our audience, I think that might be a helpful piece of clothing. I do think the four against listener is is a top physical specimen. So yeah, they do yeah. need the support, and we should support them with yeah, an athletic we do, supporter. We do need to make sure that the products um, it, the product is available at Printful.com <laughs> because check that out. I'm not making jock straps. Underwear is <laughs> underwear is underwears and other athleisure wear. So Patrick, merch idea. So how about just underwear with Robbie's face on the crotch? You can make that happen. <laughs> so I, think, my, I would think he's a he's a butt guy, I think. Butt <laughs> uh, my idea is the, 
the purpose of this podcast for us originally was to keep in in touch with each other. And then uh, McFadden, you created the game that is like conversation starters. It's it's helpful for people to try to start bigger conversations, try to keep in touch. So I want to take that a step farther and do postcards where all that's on it is a single for or against. You don't write anything on it. You just send it to a friend that you haven't talked to in years and just let the conversation begin. I love all it. right. I think next time I need to make sure that uh, my directions are clear that we're choosing from the product catalog. There, there are. There's postcards. Oh, there are postcards. Yeah, oh, that's great. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. All right, Michael. <laughs> merch idea. Uh, yeah, uh, I will. I will. Uh, I was talking this with Flavia, my wife, uh, and she actually had a, a good idea. We have a shirt there now that is called the Thank You Shirt that Mike designed, which is really great. It's it's a. It's uh, my favorite one, actually. It's a thank you it, for it, podcasting. It, yeah, thank you for podcasting. It looks like a. Um, Generic. bag like a generic <laughs> uh, fast food bag she said change the coloring to red and put it on a tote bag and then then you've got something real there so uh, um, i will see to her she's right we should make that right, wait what good. where's this thank you the for top podcast? the top left it's the name of it is thank you for podcasting. He just says four against seven oh, times with the okay. little one. I solid see. Black. Um, for me, my idea is I, I don't have a specific one, um, it, but uh, more of a process. One of the types of shirts that you can do is called an all over print. And so like every square inch of the shirt can be a design. So you could like literally take a photograph and put it there. So I, I kind of want to do just like a giant photo of Pat as a t-shirt. <laughs> I would wear that. Ooh, that, that picture of Patrick as a child that every time I see it, I fall over laughing. I need that as a shirt. I need to share All that right. with the world. Can we yes. post that on Instagram? Probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, fellas. Check out our merch store at foragainstpod.com slash shop. It's actually a real thing. Use coupon code COOP. There it is for 75% off the all current tea. Thank you very much. If you're brave enough. And we're back. All right, gentlemen, it's uh, time for the, the second half. Rob, you're going to kick us off here. What is your topic for us today? I'm particularly excited because last week we mentioned a couple topics that both those topics are now the next two. We're bringing them to this episode. So my topic is karaoke, which we briefly discussed last week. Mike Winand, uh, <laughs> you started last week by talking about you have a neighbor who likes to sing. So He's doing so... Presently, I don't know if we can pick it up on the microphone, <laughs> but this fucking guy, right? So it used to be an hour a day. He'd be in his backyard, sing along to some 90s jams while he was smoking a J. Fine. That's cool. He could do that. But I don't know. Something's happened in his life for the last couple of months where this one hour has turned into six hours. Like while I'm trying to work or Record a, record a podcast uh it is just impermeating itself on my life Wait, but, but by the way you don't live in like an apartment building you have no i live at a home. home he lives he's kitty corner to me he's at least a, a thousand feet away from me and yet i can hear every every chord i don't think uh, you appreciate how far a thousand feet is but sorry <laughs> i don't know it's probably less than that uh i'm speaking hyperbolically uh, is he singing outside he's singing outside that's yes, weird yes uh, and so, yeah, are you raining. being literal when you say six hours? Like, I, I want to yes, know I how being fully literal. We can bring on my wife as a, as a, 
but we've whenever one escalated whenever one escalated he's being literal about something you have to take even that with a grain of salt because <laughs> oh, he's a storyteller yeah, yeah. What, uh, what what's our what are we dividing by no it is it is no joke six hours uh it's escalated to the point where flavia and i both have like yelled at him to shut up <laughs> Uh, which is takes for me, it's being an introvert and a person who never wants to face conflict in their life. To do that, you know, that is how bad this yeah, is. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, uh, but Flavia and I are taking turns to deciding what um, what kind of fit, what name we can call him to dig at him. So we've used, hey, boss. Uh, and we, my guy is one that Flavia likes to say. <laughs> hey, my guy, cut it out. Uh, I think I'm going to call him Ace. Any of these like uh, things that are meant to be positives, but when you use them in the right context, they're very negative and make you feel terrible about yourself. So if anybody's got any suggestions, uh, I, I, have I a think suggestion. you need to go over and sing with him. Do no, so so here's the thing. We're talking about karaoke. I'm gonna bring us back to the to the thing. What yeah, this none man, of this is karaoke. None of, exactly. None of this is karaoke. Karaoke, the very fact of it is a communal event of people getting together singing songs they know and you don't have to be carry good at it you only have to be carry okay <laughs> and even if you're carry bad <laughs> even if you're carry bad you're doing it together because it's a communal event and in that way i am for karaoke it's a fun thing to do with friends i used to do it in my 20s it's like we would go up to koreatown in chicago and and like sing these songs and it was a great time uh, but I will put some caveats in that people have abused this privilege of karaoke being out there and have ruined some previously good songs. To, now I never want to hear them again. Top of the list. I saw this in, in uh, paper mag and they were absolutely right. The song that needs to be retired from karaoke forever is don't stop believing by journey. If I hear yes. somebody try and sing that song again, I want to take a midnight train going anywhere else, living out of prayer, <laughs> retired, want to be, yeah retired uh time of your life by green day never sing again agree songs wow, have been destroyed and ruined and you put them on the rafters and and people want to sing them and the argument may be oh you know we all know the words you've ruined it like i've already heard it a hundred times saying i've heard a hundred times more by horrible singers than i have by the actual singers themselves <laughs> uh songs that are good nobody uses enough abba these days you can get that in there some Weezer songs. There's plenty of things that uh, Alanis Morissette is a slow burn, yeah. burn like banger. Like some yeah, of these songs good. really Abba slaps all the time. Like, <laughs> can I, can like, I interject really quickly? Expand. Be- if before, you do that, then I'm for. Before yeah, I get for. to everyone else's opinions on the overall topic, do any of you have like a go-to karaoke song? Like you started mentioning Abba. Is that your go-to artist? Wine, and if you had to choose one uh, of late, I mean, this we're in the in the great before, uh, yeah, <laughs> ABBA, but actually, it's Say It Ain't So by Weezer, Weezer. yeah, really so, gets the room together. I feel like any, not any, a lot of mid 90s alt pop jams work really well in karaoke. I mean, we're aging ourselves, but it's, I think it's very particular, yeah, you're true, that's, that's true. true, but then, but I'll then outside of that genre, I particularly like You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. That one yes. always works for me. Yes. Um, the greatest singer songwriter in history. Incredible. I don't know, Pat or Mike, do you guys have go to song? Well, probably not Mike because he doesn't like music, but Pat. <laughs> <laughs> if not, uh, no, 
No. I, I've done karaoke a sum total of one time. <gasps> what a surprise. Wow. Okay, what a surprise. Talk, let's let's toss it to like McFadden. Okay. It's your turn. Let's hear what you have to yeah, say. And I'm pretty sure you guys were all there. And I know for a fact that Pat selected the song. <laughs> and I, I can't remember if it was Billy Joel or Elton John. It was either Piano Man. Piano or... Man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was bad. So it's like literally my first time doing karaoke. And let's take one of the greatest singers of all time who has an incredible range and give it to me, who's like a lousy baritone. And so I couldn't, even if I wanted to hit every, like any note. And we were also at some place and like, there was a couple guys that were amazing. Yeah, they were it. They were, Don't they they were people are good at it? Good. <laughs> so, I think I have a video of you doing that, McFadden. Oh, we have to find that for the gram. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay. So all that being said, I'm still for karaoke. It's something that I could see you know, the first 35 years, I've got one karaoke song under my belt. I could see easily doubling that. Before <laughs> I um, and if I if I had a go-to song, so I've been playing more guitar in COVID, and I feel like Johnny Cash, any almost any Johnny Cash song, um, but Folsom Prison Blues um, is probably the one where nice. even if you've never sung before, you can basically talk it. Um, it's a little rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And so anything that's not going to stretch your range, um, I think you're pretty safe with. And so like Ring of Fire, um, you know, that that would be another one. You can't go wrong with Ring of Fire. Everybody's going to love it. You can't really butcher it too bad, but I'm definitely not going to let Pat choose my karaoke song ever again. Yeah, I would. I would add to that list that wine and just rattle off. I would add Piano Man to that list because Billy Joel yeah, is retired. maybe one of my very favorite musicians and singer songwriters of all time, and Piano Man may be my least favorite song of his because it's been so overdone and botched by every karaoke singer like McFadden for a long time. We can put this list up on the gram of all songs that are no longer allowed to be karaoke. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think we need to move to Pat. So this makes me feel good because my response is the exact same as McFadden. I have done karaoke one wow. time. That was the only time either of you have ever done yeah. karaoke? Wait, and, and you two are the ones who were singers in choir. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing, and I was wondering if he remembered it the same way as me. So I picked Piano Man, and Piano Man is in both of our ranges. Like it... 100% should be singable and neither of us could like sing a, a like it was like whatever was coming out of our mouths weren't notes we did like, we do, no, it do what yeah we sing it together yeah it's together <laughs> yeah and like we so couldn't hit a, a single note it was so weird and it like hurt my throat it's not about the, the, it's not a performance it's a it's a collective thing that's what no but like you about. you have to you have to be close it was it was weird too because we something was off something neither of us are like terrible singers and it it should have been something we could sing and we like couldn't sing a single note of it yeah, it was really and, bad the entire time entire time and it's a very long song yeah um, that's um, the other but, thing too you can't choose an overly long song yeah, yeah. bohemian rhapsody i think is retired yeah. I, I want to go back to uh, choir. Like when you sing in a choir, like you can bounce your pitch off of the person sitting next <laughs> to you. And Pat and I sat next to each other in choir for years. You were both so bouncing off of other we people. Just, but we were using time. each other. We were each other's like security blanket. <laughs> um, I have never sung a solo in my life. Um, even when I sing with my son while I'm playing guitar, as soon as Michelle pulls out the camera, I get really self-conscious. <laughs> like, I don't know, something... Uh, 
something's there. Yeah. <laughs> Another example of how I'm broken. All right, Pat, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Well, I Go mean, ahead. I'm just finishing it the same way you do. I am still for karaoke. I could see doubling it in the next 35 years. Let's make this um, happen in the aftertimes. We'll do yeah, it. We'll I do have... It. I have no problem with karaoke. It just is no, I've only been at one other karaoke time and it was my wife's uh, like work school friends that I didn't like, it was the first time meeting them. So I wasn't going to go up and do karaoke. Uh, so I just listened. If you were wearing the all karate by four or give you the confidence, I think you would be able to do it. I'm actually going to bring in my wife, Lexi, really quickly, because we actually have the same opinion. I think she can just articulate it better than I can. Hi guys. Hey, Hi. Lexi. Hey. Welcome Get up on back that to mic. the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me so as a special guest. You guys, are, you guys are missing something. Oh what? yeah, our daughter. She's, <laughs> she's, she's napping. So they were all actually four, but all with some kind of caveats. And by the way, Mike and Pat both brought up the one time they did karaoke. You were there too. Do you remember when they sang Piano Man? at that one bar and it was not good at all. Was it on my birthday? It might have because... been on your birthday. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, literally oh. the only time Pat and I have ever done karaoke. Sorry to ruin your birthday. <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> so... We have video. I'll, I'll dig it up and show yes. it to you. Um, so I also have caveats, but um, I've done a lot of karaoke. I've even hosted karaoke nights um, at the hostel that I worked at in LA. Um, and all different kinds of karaoke I've been part of. So I've got, you know, my favorites and the ones that I'm actually against, um, which, so my favorite is like Korean room karaoke. Yeah. Um, it is so much fun. You just like, you have to have the right people who like, don't take it too seriously. Lexi, I had said that it was like a communal experience that you were all doing together and it didn't need to be good. That's, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I like the experience of just, you're all sharing the mics. You're all picking good songs. You can, these are all good people, friends. You can veto songs if something is picked that is terrible. Um, and it's a private room, right? It's a so private like, room. You don't so, have any strangers judging you. Exactly. It's a safe space where you can just have fun. And I don't have to judge strangers, which is the part for me. Like, I don't mind listening to friends sing horribly, but it's these strangers who pick like Metallica to sing. And you're like... This is not enjoyable. Um, so yeah, you can, Mike, you can add Enter Sandman to that Enter list. Enter Sandman. Of, We're creating a list of songs that are no longer allowed to be karaoke'd. A lot of people choose, and I can't think of a name of one off the top of my head, but they'll choose like a techno song that has just a chorus and then like two <laughs> minutes of instrumental where just people are like dancing and then All they go back fold, to that same chorus. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sandstorm. It's, um, <laughs> So yeah, Sandstorm's a good one. Um, but yeah, so I love doing that. Like when it's a communal experience and you don't have to be bothered, you don't have to have the, well, I'm an anxious person and an introvert, so it's perfect for me. Um, you don't have to hurry looking through the list of songs and you don't have to sing in front of a bar full of people you don't know. And that's just what I don't so like. So um, I think I don't know what you're talking about. There are rooms that you can go to. It's a private to... room, yeah. yeah. And you, you wow. order food, drink, you... It's the best way to karaoke. Like, it's, it, it's so That's fun. like what the business is? Yeah, it's yes. karaoke rooms. That's all that's they what, do? That's Just what karaoke, karaoke generally is. They're almost yes. always in Koreatown of whatever city you're in. And they're so fun. Wow. Yes. So I am adamantly for certain kinds of karaoke experiences and then i walk into certain karaoke experiences and i go hell no i'm out like i just sorry 
either no (laughs) i mean so when i was younger the way that i would karaoke was just get blitzed and not remember it um but now i mean i just i think i really just do the rooms because i've been invited a few times out uh to do karaoke with friends at a crowded bar and it's never i just stand there with a water and like i don't know stand in the corner basically i think lexi what's your go-to i mean what's your go-to song What's my song? Well, I like Hey Ya. I used to do um, Forever, hey, Chris Brown. I, don't I was typically... hoping you were going to say an original. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. That's another thing is that when I do karaoke, sometimes people have expectations of me because I'm a singer. So I really, really hate the experiences where someone goes, oh, I can't wait to see what you're going to sing or I can't wait you know, to hear you. Oh, it's a lot of exactly. Pressure. It's not what it's about. And so when people make it about that, I go, well, I just was going to choose a rap, like a silly, you know. Um, but the one time I did uh, karaoke in a private room with a bunch of kids who were with, and I say kids, but they're our age. Um, they were in an acapella group together. Uh, at Yale and like I was kind of the outsider and I just chose a random silly song and they're all you know belting their hearts out and making it a real performance and I don't know not, not so awful. much for me like not so much for me <laughs> yeah that I do like the idea back to my years in Yale <laughs> <laughs> your years in New Haven <laughs> when when we enter the after times post-COVID we definitely should do a private room together so that especially Pat and Mike, you guys could see what that's all about. Because for our immediate group, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we're going to play D&D all, right. all day and then go to a <laughs> karaoke It's room. also, Got it's it. great for people who can't sing, who love to. Like my dad, you as you all can attest, cannot hold a note, but you know, he loves to sing. And so, and this is perfect because no one has to hear him that doesn't want to. And we get to just enjoy his company and see how happy he is. It used to really bother me that he can't <laughs> sing, but now... It's just, it's fun. Like I love all, seeing him have fun. So All right. Yeah. So it sounds like all five of us are for karaoke. Yay. Wow. To some Do we have an, a special sound effect for when five <laughs> people are for? We're, We're all for it. Thanks, Lexi. Thank you very much, Lexi. It's nice to see you all. Nice to see you. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> all right. So that brings us to our final topic, which is my topic. And this topic also came from um, last week's episode. Um, and it is the Three Stooges. So uh, I would like to start off, if that's okay, and and see if anybody can, and okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to see if anybody can sway me, because for as long as I can remember, I have been against the Three Stooges. What? I I thought you were going to say the opposite. Nothing moves your soul. I No, (laughs) no. (laughs) I don't understand. He's a broken man. I don't, uh, another third example of how I'm broken. I don't understand. I don't understand Three Stooges. It's not funny at all. And what, <laughs> and, but let me finish, Robbie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm, okay. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I, I distinctly remember uh, um, watching Home Improvement and Tim Allen would frequently like reference the Three Stooges. And this was sort of like a, a trope of the nineties of referencing the Three Stooges as if there was this like societal norm and communal agreement that everybody thinks that the Three Stooges are funny. And I've never thought that they were even remotely humorous in any way. And so I would just like to know why Robbie, what is appealing about the Three Stooges? And I, I don't I don't really care about the 
historical significance and the fact that they appeared on newsreels and that there's probably some connection to vaudeville. I don't care about the historical significance of the Three Stooges. They're not funny. And, you are. And that's you, the crux of what I want to talk about here yeah. is, are the Three Stooges funny? I'm against. I think they are not. You are, Robbie. You're so wrong. But uh, I, <laughs> unfortunately, you have to talk about the historical context. I know you don't want to, but you are a millennial who's living in the year 2020. And that's just an unfair comparison, because if you were a teenager in the year 1938, you would think they are the most hilarious comedians. But I'm ever. not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I know, but that's, that's if the problem. I was. But that's the problem is that you are, admittedly, comedy nowadays is different and it suits us for where we are in our lives. But it's, we, we've now been exposed to John Belushi and Chris Farley and Will Ferrell and like everyone that's come after the Three Stooges. And in fairness for our generation, those guys have improved upon the Three Stooges for us, for our tastes. And, and they've made it better, but those guys wouldn't exist. Chris Farley, as a physical comedian, Chris Farley wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Curly from the Three Stooges, because Curly was the, the original uh, larger, physically larger physical comedian who did it better than anyone else. And like everyone- no, Farley did it that. way better. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Chris Farley is maybe the funniest Belushi guy who's ever lived better. on this planet. But they wouldn't have done it Even better. Even Frank Caliendo did it better. They, and I, hate I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. But Chris Farley wouldn't have done it as well without. But the, that's not the question. The question is, do you think if you sat funny. down and watched the Three Stooges, would you be like, this is entertaining and I'm laughing and enjoying this? Yes. You'd be grabbing your phone as soon as you start the real. When I was a, when I was a, I don't watch it anymore. But when I was a kid, I Back did in watch 1941. it. Yes. <laughs> My dad would pay a nickel for us to go to the picture show. And that was a At grand the cinema time. to watch the moving, the motion pictures. Am I really the only one who's for the Three Stooges? I think you out. might be. But okay, so you've taken the position that there is a, an historical significance, which I'm not disputing. Yes, I just, if, they, if they came into the same shtick today in the year 2020 as three new comedians who are alive today, it would not be funny. But, okay, but like, I think if I, I'm going to do an experiment from now until Jack is 12 years old, and I'm going to make him watch five minutes of the Three Stooges, <laughs> and I'm just going to film his reaction. I bet you he won't laugh. He'll probably cry. But he, he's exposed to every other part of the year 2020, 2021. Like, and he doesn't know Chris Farley. He doesn't know Belushi. No, but he but doesn't know Frank Caliendo. He's a huge Caliendo head. <laughs> I think, but a part of your argument isn't va not not valid, but is is broken beyond repair because like some things stay funny and some things don't. So yes, you are very right that back in the day that that was that people probably found that very humorous. But like the Dick Van Dyke show is still hilarious, and it's not as old, but it's pretty dang old at this point. But it still can cross over to generations. I don't think something like the Three Stooges can do that. I think that it was interesting in its time. And I do think that their story is interesting and sad, like of learning about them, what they went through and how they got screwed over makes an interesting tale and a sad tale. But then they remade the Three Stooges, I think with Frank Caliendo. No, it was a different guy from Mad TV. Oh, okay. Will Sasso, uh, also not oh, Will Sasso. Okay. <laughs> and they just made the Three Stooges now. And it wasn't funny at all because that type of humor 
isn't funny anymore. So, Pat, I have a question. Did they do it as a biopic, or did they just try to revamp the Three Stooges? They just revamped the Three Stooges. And that premise sounds horrible, too. I will be the first to admit. That sounds awful. Yeah. So, Rob, I understand that things can be contextually funny. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, I I won't go a down the road church. of yeah. I won't go down the exactly. I won't go down the road of not like I acknowledge their history and I support that. But I think we as a society have moved on. But I I could see an argument, an opening for you, Rob, of telling me what context would I find sitting down and watching Free Stooges funny. Clearly you wouldn't as living in the year 2020, knowing what you know about the world and being exposed to the forms of entertainment you're exposed to. You wouldn't. What I'm saying is back in the day in the 1930s and 40s, this was the funniest thing that had ever existed. Yeah, but the first vid, the first the first movie was literally just a recording of a train entering a station and people lost their shit. <laughs> That's not a good movie like context like context under any context it's just a boring film yeah and i think you're Trend. lying to yourself robbie because you're agreeing with all of us and all of us are agreeing with your historical point but you're still claiming that you think it would be entertaining to sit down and watch them right now i, I don't think it I, would be when i was a kid i watched it and i was entertained i you're i'm admitting that i probably couldn't sit through like an hour of it now but there's some nostalgia that that gets me okay it's a toxic emotion so I have a follow-up for just Patrick and Wine. And did you guys as children <laughs> did, did what I said about like watching home improvement and then seeing like at the time contemporary actors and comedians reference the three stooges? And did you get the 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 incongruity of feeling like this was supposed to be funny and everybody says that it's funny, but feeling that it's not funny at all? I didn't have that same feeling. I know I saw some three stooges stuff, but not like a long piece just like here and there, but I I was never mad at it. I was never like, oh, this is making me upset because it's not funny at all. It just wasn't, I wasn't watching it and then laughing a lot. So I don't think, I think I understood it in the context that Robbie's talking about it. But like, to me, it was like, oh, that older person likes it. Like that older person thinks it's yeah. funny. It's their humor, not my humor. I, I am very interested to talk to a Gen Z. My wife, Flavia, and I are going to create a podcast called Loki Super Chill, where we talk to people of, different generations i'm very interested to hear if they think that the things that we thought were funny uh, like people who are younger than us people who are in their early 20s or teenagers think that like chris farley is funny i'd like to see if they if we're just speaking only to ourselves and and only to people who are of our generation because it's possible that they're going to look at us and the way that we're looking at the three stooges and think that that's insane that we think that Chris Farley's for I I really like that idea, but you also have to keep the time frame in mind. The Three Stooges in their prime was ninety years ago, so like we need to. You're not going to be able to interview somebody that like in ninety. I need to find a negative seventy year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I because if you ask him about things like I don't know, move like old school or other movies in the nineties and early two thousands that we like a lot of those will still hold up, but I don't think yeah. enough time has passed to be congruent to the time. Mike, I think you now. can take a Gen Zer and make them watch uh, Blues Brothers. 1980. I don't think they'd like it. 40 years ago. I think, I think that would be interesting because you yeah. and I, I remember in high school, watched it, I think for like the first time all the way through, like circa 2002, 2003, and we loved it. It was very good. So that was 23 years after its release. 
and uh i think i think that's a, actually a good comparison but it still needs to be like you need to do that interview like 20 years from now with that generation because there's still not enough time that's passed well wait uh, for Loki's 20th season i think it would all be interesting i really want to know if somebody at the age that we watched um saved by the bell but now like that age now if they find that entertaining no because it's hot trash like it's just a piece of shit show um but at the time i loved it and is it is that just an age thing or is that of the time zach morris's trash is is if i can plug something is a great little uh funnier die thing where they talk about how he's a social engineer and it is a terrible friend (laughs) i I think i think we've exhausted this topic i feel like there's still maybe uh this is still maybe unresolved and maybe we'll have to revisit it at a later date from a different i think robbie needs to watch three stooges and get back back to us (laughs) I see it every once in a while. I chime in for five minutes at a time and I appreciate it. I don't it. believe you. <laughs> no, I do. It's Watch 20 TV. minutes of it and then get back to us. I don't know if I could sit through 20 minutes. <laughs> You're against. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap for the evening, it's time for a quick lightning round. And this week, uh, Michael Weinen will list a few topics in rapid lightning-like succession and the rest of us will share our positions. Michael, what is the theme for this lightning round? Well, this episode's coming out shortly after the the turning the page from 2020 to 2021. It was a uh, eventful year, to say the least, uh, for, for us all. Um, uh, 2020 has caused us to change the way we live and interact in a number of ways. But as we look to the post-pandemic life, there are some activities that we no longer do that maybe we should leave in the grade before. Maybe there's some things that, that uh, have have uh we've have ceased to do since the pandemic began and maybe uh should never pick up again so i'm going to give you a list of five things that uh, we no longer do uh and i want to know if you're for or against them moving into the after times in uh in 2021 or late 2021 whenever the vaccine actually does come out uh to to the masses and beyond so the first one here is handshakes i'm gonna go patrick rob uh mike mcfadden patrick in the after days are you for or against handshakes? I would be okay getting rid of handshakes because it it's always awkward knowing what kind of handshake, what to do in different situations. Do you shake everybody's hands? So if we get past the awkwardness of like when you come in a room, you should shake somebody's hand. I would enjoy that. And sorry, I know this is lightning round, but it reminded me of one of our teachers from high school, Mr. Servatka. I remember one time I shook his hand and then it turned into one of those, like we're holding thumbs things and where you slide and like do one of those like secret handshake. And, and it was just like the most awkward thing because we, I was not on that level with Mr. Sirvaka. <laughs> so like to go to give him a handshake. And then we did that like whole thing with the pound at the end. Like it was, I did not like that. And it made me shiver a little bit when I thought about it. <laughs> Against. Rob, what are your thoughts on handshakes? Handshakes are a stupid tradition. We shouldn't be touching people that we're that formal with. Uh, I don't want to touch people. It's I don't feel good about touching you unless I really care about you. And if I really care about you, then hate shaking hands is too formal anyway. So yeah, I'm against it. 
I Quite believe the fan. origin. I believe the origin of the handshake was to uh, prove to your your foe that you are unarmed, that you come in peace. And I am in favor of letting other people know that I'm not going to stab them. So I'm for. I, <laughs> uh, Mike, you're alone. I think uh, I've never carried a weapon into a room when I'm about to do a job interview or something, and I don't plan to in the future. So no need for the handshake. It is uh, it is a danger that I don't need to. Uh, to eject and also they are weird just like pat said you guys are all gonna get stabbed (laughs) (laughs) not just for the other person it's also for you (laughs) all right here's another one uh something that i don't think we thought was uh gross until we really reflected upon it with the pandemic blowing out candles on a birthday cake and then serving that birthday cake to everyone patrick I'm mixed on this because it's like super gross when you actually think about it, especially when like somebody can't get it out and they just keep blowing and it oh. gets like worse and worse. But it also is like a nice tradition. <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like, what do you replace it with? Or should you just now replace it? I think I'm okay with it. I haven't died yet. We can keep blowing out candles. Robert, where did this come from? I, I would really like to know. Spain. Probably oh. the Germans when they're eating their uncooked beef. <laughs> Which, by the way, Pat, your mom on Instagram told me that when she was a kid, her mom would take her to the meat market and they would sample raw beef. Oh, no. <laughs> so she's four. <laughs> oh, she left a comment. It's on Instagram. Check it. Ugh. Well, anyways, I agree with Pat with everything he said. I think it's a disgusting tradition, but I like the fact that it's a tradition. <laughs> and so I'm for blowing out candles on a birthday cake. <laughs> Uh, frosting is um, antibacterial, so I'm. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of it as a we might be able to get our brand name on like a uh, candle blower machine, like a bell, like a tiny bellows <laughs> that we could sell. So I'm against. <laughs> or you could do like the wedding thing where they bring out like the faux cake, and then it's really mm-hmm. just sheet cake in the back. So have like the faux cake that you can <laughs> shove candles. In. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you can use it year after year. <laughs> There's a lot of different options. Well, getting rid rid of germs completely isn't good. So you could think of it as like your yearly inoculation to germs. (laughs) Just think about whose birthday it is and whether or not you want their germs or not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Pat, I'm not going to your birthday party next year. Uh, Salad bars, salad bars and buffets. A lot of salad bar and buffet companies have gone out of business. Will they ever come back? I am against these just not because of any kind of thing around the pandemic or them being healthy or not. It's the same thing that Mike or McFadden said about the, when you pay for like a bar package, I always try to beat the house and end (laughs) up eating like four times too much and feel like garbage. And it's usually not the highest quality food in the first place. So I'm against. The older I get, the more disgusted I grow of buffets but this is America, damn it. And we want as much as possible. I'm for. Yeah, I think they solved this problem with the invention of the sneeze guard in the 80s. So I'm for. I'm not worried about a little phlegm on my <laughs> ramen. Uh, I think if we all promise to be very, very careful. I really like buffets at weddings. It allows me to get a little bit of everything. Uh, and I'm already indulging myself. Man, I miss weddings. Uh, and also an Indian buffet for like eight ninety nine and getting everything. That's so fun. I can't, I can't let that be uh, in the past. So I'm four. One that I didn't think about until I saw this uh, on Instagram of how gross it actually is bowling. So that's uh, used shoes mm. and sticking your fingers in holes that have a million uh, fingers in Other them before. Fingers. 
and then mm-hmm. like shoving nachos in the your face with those same fingers. Patrick. Have they done like Q-tip tests to like dig in and see how many oh, germs are God, on there? I can only imagine. Patrick. Yeah, this is grosser than the birthday cake. And I've thought about this like once while bowling. I think now that we all have hand sanitizer with us at all times, that helps. I think next time I will do that, I'll, and then somebody else will stick their fingers in a, a ball that has is all wet and moist and that will be bad for them, but I will have cleaned it for them. They just won't know it. Yep, I agree. Uh, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep on bowling. Um, I'm just going to have to stop licking the ball for good luck. And <laughs> I'm going to keep bowling. Uh, I am also for the uh, used shoes thing. It's kind of weird. Um, but I, I guess you steal I've got bowling socks shoes. On, so I should be okay. No, I'm not no. a criminal. No, are you I feel, a criminal, Ravi? No, I didn't either. But there are people that we know that stole yeah, bowling probably shoes. Probably people we know. I'm pretty sure Woj stole some shoes. No, that's who I was thinking of. Shout out to <laughs> Jeff Wojcik. Statute limitations is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last one, um, you know, setting aside the fact that you may have aged out of it uh, as a society, are we for or against? drinking games i'm thinking of flip cup where we're sharing cups or beirut or beer pong where you're taking a uh ping pong throwing it into a cup but uh that same ping pong has been all over the ground uh and in other people's cups previously also known as beer pong if you didn't go i did say small liberal arts guy you called it beirut i said it beirut or beer pong i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention (laughs) (laughs) I have also thought about this one. It's funny because you have the water cup so that you can clean the ball. Oh god! But then the uh, water cup water. just oh. is like it's floating with hair and it dirt. Turns- You're like, oh, it's it's fine. I'm dipping it in this water, so oh. that's disgusting. But I think what's worse than that is quarters. Is flipping a dirty quarter into a yeah, drink and then yeah, drinking yeah, that drink. Yeah, I think is even that. worse. Um, but as Mike said about frosting, alcohol is anti whatever bacterial, bacterial. Yeah. so it's we're all good <laughs> for <laughs> robert yeah uh let me start by saying i don't condone over drinking don't drink until you puke or black out that is very dangerous having said that when i was in my early 20s i had some really fun times playing drinking games and it was really gross but it was really fun i'm four and also i'm gonna jump ahead and say mcfadden you're a teacher so careful here no, obviously, I don't condone um, binge drinking of any sort, uh, but I do remember going to an alumni event after I had graduated college and we were at some party and there were some young people who were of age participating in uh, beer pong, but they had replaced the beer with water so that it was a proper weight and they just had their own cups of beer That's less that fun. they would drink when it went in. And I was like, oh, that's a much cleaner way to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is cleaner, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So like, there's no sharing of fluids. And um, if you are going to indulge, I would uh, encourage you to uh, practice um, hygienic uh, drinking games. But uh, I think uh, my professional responsibility is to say that I'm against. Yeah, I I think, Mike, uh, you're right. I think those kids came up with a good idea. There's lots of very gross, disgusting things that people used to do that were fun, but we don't do them anymore. <laughs> like smoking makes you look cool. It does, but uh, it'll <laughs> kill you. Uh, and this is also a gross thing that we need to uh, to put to bed. So we are against drinking games. 
All right. Thank you very much, Michael, for that lightning round. If you are still listening, please consider telling a friend about For or Against. And if you haven't yet, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love for you to sign up for our newsletter at foragainstpod.com and check out our new merch store at foragainstpod.com slash shop. Uh, follow us on social media at foragainstpod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. For now, thanks for listening. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You're listening now to for or against So turn the volume up, this is for or against